Hey guys, welcome to Wednesday. It's hard talking this early in the morning trying to tape. I've already got this rasp in my throat, so <clears throat> the morning voice has not been kind to me. Um, I want to talk to you about this. All right, this I was I was thinking about this on the way over to the studio. By the way, Brandon and uh, Joe hanging out there in the studio at the mothership. I am still in Nashville. What's up, guys? I mean, everything cool there? The place hasn't set on fire? No, no, not yet. No but hurricanes. We, we also banned Alex from using fire, so that's a big help in having it not burn down. <laughs> you remember? You remember a few months back? I guess God, it's been on probably almost a year where I smoked a cigar in there for the entire episode. <laughs> I smoked a cigar. <laughs> And Sarah Gonzalez sent me, she said to me, she said, how long do you think it'll be before the uh, execs uh, send you a message? And I said, oh, it'll be by this afternoon. And of course, the president of the network, Gaston, called me. He said, dude, you can't smoke a cigar in there. I wish you could, but you can't. And I said, five years, bro, five years, one cigar to make a point. And that night, I think Alex sent somebody to the hospital um, with a fire extinguisher explosion or something like that so yeah he's uh um, he had to have fire taken away he burned a barbie doll and i'm pretty sure he gave us all cancer yeah well i mean alex stein um <laughs> uh, all right so it's it's reasonably mild here in uh in nashville you can you can feel the uh the residue of jason whitlock here in this studio uh they're they're very uh they're very um good natured around here I, nothing nothing's on fire uh, I don't know if you guys, speaking of Jason, I don't know if you saw his interview with uh, RFK Jr. It came out last Friday. If you haven't, go check that out. Uh, all these good things, if you miss them, you can catch them on Blaze TV. If you're not a subscriber, go to blazetv.com slash Chad. Use promo code Chad. I thought yesterday uh, Glenn Beck's interview with Donald Trump was good. Um, Glenn, as he is, is pretty good at doing, uh, asked some pretty good questions. And, you know, things like, do you think you can run a campaign uh, from jail? <laughs> Pretty bold question there. Um, but here's what I want to get into. Here's what I want to get into. Speaking of presidents, uh, Joe Biden. <clears throat> and I really am. I got to be honest with you, Brandon. I am sick of talking about these same topics over and over again. Yeah. Uh, let me just say, speaking of, of good, eloquent things, Brandon, great clip yesterday uh, pulling that uh, my little clip about the fat fat bitch in the uh, in the burger king yeah okay i like that one I, I, i'm forever calling that clip fat bitch in a burger king okay um there's no other way to describe that uh i'm not no. a big fan of, of calling women a bitch but let me tell you that right there is the epitome of a bitch if, mm -hmm. if you open up the dictionary to the b look over to the bi get to the bit the b-i-t-c-h there it is bitch <laughs> and all of its derivatives it's that bitch right there her yeah. picture oh, would yeah. be there um, but I thought, I thought, uh, calling her a cankle and a walking lipid, I thought that was, uh, <laughs> those were good lines. I thought that yeah. was insult, insultingly genius <laughs> on my part, right off the top of my head. Uh, a lot of people said they were going to use the word, uh, walking cankle for the rest of their life to just define somebody. Um, if you missed that clip, you can find it on my socials at watch Chad on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, yeah, I, I tell you, I tell you. Okay, so um, I'm sick of talking about impeachment. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sick of talking about indictment. I'm sick of talking about pseudonyms. I'm sick of talking about Dylan Mulvaney. I'm tired of uh, this is like the same old topics, just the stupidity that's out there. Uh, if you want to hear me get a little raw uh, on some things, some of you kind of get off on me getting pretty raw and plain spoken. I try to reel it in a little bit here on this show. Uh, contrary to what my mother thinks, I do try to reel it in. 
uh, I was I did a podcast, taped a podcast with a buddy uh, who does a, a podcast for country music with a lot of country music artists. Uh, it's called the Josh Terry podcast. Josh Terry is the host, of course, and a good Georgia boy. He comes up to Nashville every week and, and does his podcast with different country music artists. And he, um, uh, I think the podcast used to be called uh, Religion, Politics, and Whiskey. And then so many people would come on his show and they were like, we don't want to talk about religion and politics. And so he, he just started calling it the Josh Terry show. And I said, buddy, we'll talk about anything you want to talk about. So I will tell you, if any single soundbite from that podcast that we taped yesterday, it's out today, Josh Terry podcast. If any single soundbite from that gets ripped and taken in, out of context and put out there for the general public to hear, we're all going to be canceled. Um, it was that kind of conversation. It was very honest. It was very straightforward. Those of you who are a fan of the show, who are a supporter of the show and consistently watching this show, none of what I say is going to surprise you, but I, but I did say it in a pretty raw way in some cases um, and just had to wax eloquent for a little while. And so we got deep into some of the topics and he was happy to go there. Um, he's an enabler, Josh Terry. So had a good time on that. Here's what I want to get to. Um, so we talked about yesterday how Joe Biden had the uh, the archives, National Archives has 5,400, 5,400 emails that include Joe Biden using a pseudonym. Now, a lot of people, <clears throat> not a lot, but a few people have pushed back on that and said, well, uh, people in office have used pseudonyms. Everybody's used pseudonyms. Um, you know, Donald Trump has used uh, a pseudonym. Sometimes he was uh, John Barron in an email. Uh, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, uh, all different people that you could nail, name off have all used pseudonyms. So what's the big deal? It's not illegal to use a pseudonym. Well, let me just say, if you're going to use a pseudonym, I want to I want to ask you why you would use a pseudonym. Of course, why are you using a fake name to sign off on on your emails? I mean, why don't you just send the email in your name? <clears throat> I just tell you, there's something about um, trying to hide something. There's a reason why people hide things. Brandon, I, you and Joe, I don't know if you guys have ever uh, given a fake name to a girl. <laughs> you know, gone out to a bar or whatever, had a few, and, and a girl comes up and asks your name. And maybe you got a girlfriend or maybe you got a wife. Maybe you got, you know, and you just give them a fake name. Yeah. Um, let me just tell you from experience, when that girl finds out that you gave her a fake name, mm -hmm. it usually pisses her off. <laughs> it, it usually pisses her off. It doesn't go well. And uh, if you have a significant <laughs> other and they find out that you have been masquerading publicly out there trying to pick up chicks using a fake name, they're going to go, you know, why? What's the deal? What are you? Why are you hiding? Why are you lying? That, in essence, is a lie. So when you look at that, I understand that the government has to have some secrets out there. Uh, there's some things you want to keep hidden. But when Joe Biden, <clears throat> as vice president, is sending um, emails in regards to the former Ukrainian president, you know, Petro Poroshenko, and he's talking about, well, we're going to give you a billion dollars, but... Well, you got to fire the special prosecutor who's investigating what's going on uh, there in Ukraine. And uh, and you have emails like this one. Pop it up there, Joe. Uh, I think Pat Gray shared this one on his show. Uh, and you can read it. I'm going to lean forward here. It says, you know, uh, it says, um, you know, we're off to uh, Rhode Island for an infrastructure event. And then, uh, you know, Wilmington uh, for a commencement. Now, you know, have your, you know, uh, 
remarks delivered and tonight or with the press, you know, clips in the morning, blah, 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 respectfully, you know, John. And it includes, uh, you know, the pseudonym there that Joe Biden was using. And you're like, well, so what's the big deal? Joe Biden's included in here. It's under a pseudonym. Well, if you look at the uh, closed copy there, you see who's copied on the email. It's Hunter Biden. <laughs> see, that's the difference. Uh, why is Hunter Biden copied on an email from the vice president or with the, that includes the vice president uh, in regards to state affairs? See, Joe, uh, Donald Trump and Barack Obama, they're not including their kids on the email. And why in the hell would you use a pseudonym when there's your son's name right there that reveals who's involved in the deal, in the email chain? So pretty easy deduction. So that's why when people say, well, Trump's being indicted, but none of these people are being indicted. Well, why don't you try holding them accountable? See, here's my opinion on this whole thing. They look at Trump and they're like, listen, we don't like Trump. Trump's Spendable. We can we can sell him down the river and make an example of him and then pat ourselves on the back and say, this is a perfect, perfect example of um, <clears throat> how our government here in America is not corrupt. In fact, we're here judiciously to hold people accountable. And when people cross the law, we're going to punish them. Even if it is a president of the United States, there's no two tier justice system. We're going to hold them all accountable. And then all of their cronies, all of the people that they don't want, you know, that, that are off limits, your Joe Biden's of the world who have, you know, been a part of the Washington, D.C. system, you know, since uh, Julius Caesar walked the planet. Uh, those guys, they get the free pass. You're not going to investigate them. So I see people on Twitter saying, well, I'm fine if they investigate uh, Biden. Those are empty words because, you know, they're not going to. So when you have, you know, Kevin McCarthy who says, well, you know, impeachment, that inquiry for Joe Biden what's well, a natural step forward. Is it, Kevin? I mean, is it? Are we really going to investigate that? In fact, I want you to play that clip. Uh, this is from a couple of days ago. Head over to uh, clip number six. This is Kevin McCarthy and what he had to say about impeaching Joe Biden. Play it. So if you look at all the information we've been able to gather so far, it is a natural step forward that you would have to go to an impeachment inquiry. And just so your, your um, viewers understand what that means, that provides Congress the apex of legal power to get all the information they need. Because remember what's laying out there right now. We have an attorney general that could have lied to the American public, which he has now named a special prosecutor. They're, they have said two different things. And you have Gary Shapley on a little later today, IRS whistleblowers that have come forward that show that there's two forms of, of justice when it comes to America. But now when you look at this, it looks like a culture of corruption that's been happening within the entire Biden family. You've got to get the, to be able to answer that to the American public. The American public deserves an answer. Yeah. And so let me go one step further, Kevin. Doesn't Kevin McCarthy just ooze of uh, Mr. Rogers testosterone? I mean, don't, don't you just want to see that guy in a cardigan putting on his little loafer shoes, you know, so he can sing, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I, I mean, Kevin McCarthy just oozes spineless weakness, in my opinion. Uh, and, but the words are good. The words are good <clears throat> that to say, well, impeachment is a natural. But see, these guys, they don't they don't look at impeachment as being something that is good for the country. And, and no, impeachment 
It is not good for the country. But justice is, and you can't deny at this point with the evidence that is mounting. I mean, Joe Biden's been handing out his fake name to girls in bars, you know, to, to carry that, to carry that, uh, you know, useless illustration a little bit further. Joe Biden's been doing that for a long time now. It's been a practice. He's been hiding behind the scenes while his family, whether it's his brother or his son, are doing dirty dealings with foreign entities. And that you can't have someone in the Oval Office that is that corrupted, that, that is that defiled, um, that is that compromised. And it's probably a very good reason why Joe Biden it just lives on vacation. Like Joe Biden doesn't take vacations anymore. He's just on vacation. Like he's been on mentally, mentally he's been on vacation from the very beginning. Uh, he was on vacation when he was supposedly running for president. Uh, nobody, nobody's coming out to hear Joe Biden's underwhelming speeches. Nobody is coming out to see Joe Biden's vitality in public. There's, you know, whenever you would hear people talk about Bill Clinton, they said, you know, Bill Clinton made you feel special. You know, Bill Clinton has that charisma, that it factor that, that when you're sitting there having a conversation with him, he made you feel like you were the only person in the world. And he just focused on you like you were so important. Uh, Donald Trump, they talk about how he just sucks the energy out of the room, just draws it in. Like all the energy that's there, he just, just pulls it in. And uh, nobody says that about Joe Biden. Like, nobody sits there and says, wow, I, when Joe Biden entered the room, I mean, it was, it was just an ominous sense of presence. Uh, nobody thinks that. Because there's nothing there. He's an underwhelming individual. <clears throat> So tell me how a guy like Joe Biden has a, has has been in Washington D.C. for you know 50, 60 years, however long, fifty five years. Let's round up to fifty five. Half a century, Joe Biden's been in Washington D.C. He has been a major power player. He is a household name. You, you understand that there are senators out there in Washington D.C. that you've never heard of. Like they're they're not household names. Uh, there's congressmen and women who are not household names. Joe Biden's been a household name for a long time. Uh, some of that because he ran for president. Some of that because of his reputation. Um, he has a reputation of being not only a dullard but a dumbass. Joe Biden has a reputation of being an imbecile. Uh, Joe Biden has a reputation of being um, a, a womanizer. Oh, Joe Biden has a reputation of being a plagiarist. He has a reputation of being a liar. Uh, he has done a lot of things for political gain. He's, he's got a reputation. If you want to be honest, he's got a very distinct reputation for being a, a racist. I mean, talking about racial jungles and, you know, going to put y'all in chains and, you know, talking about how he was friends with Strom Thurmond and eulogizing, you know, the poobah of the, you know, whatever the KKK, Robert Byrd and saying he was one of the greatest men he knew. Um, you know, there, there's there's a lot of that stuff out there. How does Joe Biden stay relevant? Joe Biden stayed relevant by being corrupt. You can't convince me otherwise on that. Joe Biden has remained relevant by being corrupt. And that corruption is there. If people want to see it, they can see it. But you got to take this thing forward and take this mounting evidence and actually do something with it. Is Kevin McCarthy going to do anything? Seriously, 
doubt it. But meanwhile, Joe's out there handing out fake names and uh, phone numbers in nightclubs. Who knows? All right, let's go to a break. Uh, cleaning guns. One of those necessary hassles in life. You hate to do it, but it's a dirty job and you got to do it. Patches, they're messy. They're inefficient. The rope cleaning elements like the boar snake, they got a two-color pattern which hides the dirt when it comes through the barrel. That ain't good enough. Fortunately, I found a much better solution, and that is Barrel Buddy. Barrel Buddy compresses to fill the interior of your gun's barrel, making sure to clean the rifling grooves and comes in seven different sizes to match any caliber firearm. Barrel Buddy is composed of polymers that don't leave behind the residual particles, so it's safer as well. That's an amazing concept. Cleans by scrubbing and collecting the particulates, then it absorbs any remaining residue and buffs the interior surfaces clean. You can lubricate your firearm while you're cleaning it as well, so it's pretty cool tool to have in your toolkit for your guns. Cleaning your guns is a really important step in being a responsible gun owner, and Barrel Buddy's a new concept and a better way to take care of firearms, so get some. You'll love them like I do. I guarantee it. Go to BarrelBuddy.com today. That's BarrelBuddy.com. We'll be right back. You know, I used to say it every day on this show, and I haven't said it in a while, but I want to say it to you again. Um, uh, and it's a mantra for me, and that is get your kids out of public schools. <laughs> Listen, if for nothing else, for nothing else, if you don't understand that the, the COVID lockdowns and the crap they're about to do to your kids again after the after three years of the COVID stuff, and you say, Chad, you've beat this horse to death. Ain't done beating it. That horse ain't dead. When that horse is dead, I'll stop beating it. But that horse ain't dead yet. So I'm going to keep beating the horse. Um <clears throat> Get your kids out of the public schools. Get them out um, and and get involved in your child's education. You know, I can't afford it. I don't have the time. And okay, well then, don't have kids for God's sake. Don't bring them into this world for them to be indoctrinated by the nonsense that's out there. Um, yes, I'm being extreme, but if you're going to parent, then parent, and that includes the education of your children. And you need to take responsibility and do it. So there, I said it. Um, there's this kid in Colorado. A lot of you have seen the clip where this kid was told to take this patch off of his backpack i mean this kid i like this kid i'm watching these videos of this kid and uh y'all y'all start playing the clip there just turn the volume down on it um you know i'm watching this kid and they call him into i guess the principal's office or something like that and uh one of the uh, school administrators there's the kid he's got his little backpack on and um He's got, if you see the back of the backpack, I mean, he's a, he looks like a little Tucker Carlson or whatever. You know, he's got all these patches on there. Well, one of the patches on there <clears throat> is the Gadsden flag. Of course, that's the don't tread on me snake, which, of course, is, is it was made popular, you know, during at the beginning of the Revolutionary War. Um, and it was a cry against tyranny. So you got this little smug, pompous, I don't know what she is. If she's a, I don't think she's a teacher. Maybe she is, but I, she's like more like a guidance counselor or a, an administrator. And she's the one that's got to deliver the bad news to, um, you know, the mom and the kid and saying, yeah, he, he can't be in school and have that patch. And they ask her, they're like, why can't he have this patch? You know, this particular patch on there. And she says, well, because it represents slavery and the origins of slavery in the United States. And of course, uh, they push back and they say, no, that's not at all what that stands for. So not only <clears throat> are they taking a historic symbol and telling you that you can't wear it as a representation, as a patch on the back of a backpack and kudos to this kid for just 
knowing what's up. I love watching this video because while the lady's talking with her little smug, pompous ass, the kid's got this little smug, pompous ass smirk on his face. And I just want to high five the kid because he realizes she doesn't know what she's talking about. But uh, and she doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, if you're going to start eradicating every symbol from history because sometimes, you know, because you have a, you know, a hard feeling towards it. At least know your history as to why you're wanting to get rid of this. So I understand if the kid is wearing a Confederate flag patch, that drums up some pretty harsh feelings, regardless of how you personally feel about it. There are people out there who have very strong feelings about what they think what they think the Confederate flag represents. Uh, and, and again, there are people out there who can make an argument for what that flag would symbolize, okay? But when you just take something and completely revise history that's built around a narrative-driven agenda, and again, all things point to racism. Don't forget, all things point to racism and say, well, it's a historic flag and a historic symbol. Therefore, it must have something to do with its roots being found in slavery. Because isn't that what America was completely founded on? I mean, America, don't you know, if you're going to learn history, you just need to know that all white people were evil and everybody in America, in the colonies, you know, at the time of the uh, Civil War, everybody in the South owned slaves. Um, and of course, it represents that. So now this is just another thing where in schools, you got a you got an instance where obviously the kid knows more than the than the educator, and kudos to mom and dad at least for for giving this kid some common sense to see what's going on. But uh, guys, when your kid is smarter than the teacher, why do you have them there in the first place? Is this just a babysitting? time for eight hours a day so you don't have to deal with your kid because they're not getting educated they're getting augmented is what they are mentally their, their brains are being transformed into mush because you have people who sit back with this smug know-it-all look like this educator did in this video and says i don't know i'm it's it's got its roots in slavery no it doesn't no, it literally has nothing to do with that. Okay, so are you going to start? I mean, again, they do try this, but if the kid was wearing a Betsy Ross flag, are you going to say, well, see, that, that's rooted in slavery right there. Um, if he's got the American flag on there. Well, the American flag has its roots in slavery. I mean, what do you do? If, he, if he'd have come in wearing a BLM symbol, he'd have been fine. If he would have been wearing a pride rainbow uh, patch, he would have been fine. They would have left him alone. They would have applauded him. They'd have thrown a parade for that. If he would, if he would have come in with something that says, uh, you know, protect trans kids on a T-shirt, he'd have been fine with that. If he would have said, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, trans lives matter. If he'd have come in with a, a Dylan Mulvaney sticker tattooed on his ass. I mean, whatever. And that's the amazing thing to me. <clears throat> 
you got a kid, you got kids out there in, in our schools and you tell them, hey, you guys, you want to identify as a boy or a girl, something that you're biologically not. You can do that. In fact, we'll encourage you to do that. We'll even hide it from your parents. We will hide when you will hide the fact that you come to school and you go to your transition closet and you put on a, 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 a girl's clothing, even though you're a biological boy. And we won't ever tell your parents. And, and by the way, we'll choose your we'll help you uh, defend your preferred pronouns by calling you by the name of your choice. But a kid comes in with something that is literally a piece of history that has a very significant purpose in the founding of the U.S. And they say, well, he can't wear that. That's offensive. That's offensive. This we, we're living in a very distinct kiss my ass block of history. A time where we need to look at these people and say, you're not only dumb, you're evil because your narrative is driving is driving us into oblivion and destruction. It is a downward spiral. It is a devolution of history. And, and if you don't know where you come from, you can't talk about where you're going to go. You can't do that. If you don't know your history, you don't know your destiny. If you don't know your history, you'll never know your future. And these days, people can't get past, you know, I, 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 we played that clip right there. I'll give you a perfect example. I'll tell on myself, okay? During the break, we were talking about that clip, and I asked Joe, and I asked Brandon. I said, how long is that clip? And they said, that's about three and a half minutes long. I said, it's too long. I don't want to play that long of a clip. Just play it. I'll talk over it, Okay. I, I don't, I don't, I, even I don't want to have the mental exercise. You don't want to have the mental exercise of watching a kid get reprimanded for three minutes, even though there is a very telling lesson to be learned from this. Uh, guys, we've got to think critically. We've got to expand our minds. We've got to know our history. If you don't know where you came from, you will have no clue uh, where you are going. Yeah, here's a, here's a, here's a great one. Here's a, here's a clip from the other day that we didn't get to. I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to go to four, Brandon. Uh, here, listen, here's a perfect example of somebody just saying, you know what? doesn't matter what truly happened in the past. doesn't matter what really went down in history. We're just going to tell you what we want you to hear. Play clip four. I thought things had changed. I was able to literally, not figuratively, talk Strom Thurmond into voting for the, for the Civil Rights Act before he died. And I thought, well, maybe there's real progress, but hate never dies. It just hides. All right. See, there's Joe. Not figuratively. He literally, that's what he said. He literally talked Strom Thurmond into voting for the Civil Rights Act. Um, no, he didn't. <laughs> no, no, you, you actually did not. So, um. Uh, but you know, again, Joe's a perfect example. When you live in a postmodern existential society where you can make up your own reality, Joe Biden is a living example of that. And, and you, you can't just blame dementia. You just can't blame the ignorance and all the stuff we mentioned earlier about Joe Biden. This is a direct way of looking at you and saying, you're stupid. I will tell you what I want you to believe. And you're supposed to swallow it. Uh, we were we were in the recording studio yesterday and our buddy Chris Wallen, uh, he was talking about his good friend and who is a country music legend and a host of the Grand Ole Opry, uh, Jeannie Seeley. And Jeannie Seeley is, uh, if you're a country music fan, she's she's been around for a long, long time. I think Jeannie's 81, 82 years old. I shouldn't tell a lady's age, but 
you know, those who know, know. And she's 81, 82 years old. And Chris was talking about how, you know, he sees her, he goes to dinner with her every week, her and her husband, and how they just, they just, you know, highly motivated. And they do all this stuff, host the Grand Ole Opry, still singing, still performing, you know, out there doing all these things involved with these charities, just doing this incredible stuff. And just, they were talking about, man, she just gets around so well. And she's just so sharp and funny and all these different things. And uh, I said, uh, let me stop you there for a second. I said, has it crossed your mind that she's still younger than the president of the United States? I mean, they're talking about her like, oh, she does all these great things at 81. It's amazing what she still does. Um, the president of the United States is older than that. We literally have a generic or a geriatric uh, human being who can barely function and he's going to tell you his version of revisionist history. I mean, this is the guy that's been Polish. He's been Puerto Rican. He's been black. He's going to, you know, he, he, they say, they say, Oh, I saw a thing yesterday that talked about how much Trump went to church while he uh, was in office versus how often Joe Biden has gone to church while he's in office. Um, yeah, that's what they do on the way to ice cream on Sunday mornings. You know, if, if it's if it's a Saturday night mass and he's on his way, he'll pop into a church. They call that going to church. Honestly, I don't care if you're going to church or not. I mean, you're a guy who, you know, is OK cutting the genitals off of children and aborting babies. So apparently going to church ain't doing you much good, Joe. Um, and whether Donald Trump goes to church or Joe Biden goes to church or anything else. I mean, you're dealing with this senile geriatric old man who's running the country in the ground. So he's living on vacation. So why not pop into the church and he could take a nap in there just as well as anywhere else. Oh, boy. Howdy. All right. Hey, guys, uh, hang on real tight. We'll uh, take a break. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Uh, let's go over to clip. Um, let's go over to clip number seven. That ties into what I was saying a minute ago, uh, Brandon. Play, play. Uh, I, I just love. I know that when you guys hear Corinne Jean Pierre, you just want to plug your ears. Uh, and if you watch her body language, it's very telling. It, it really bugs me when somebody tries to talk to someone and won't look them in the eye. It usually tells me that they're lying. Uh, but play clip number seven, please. A new AP poll asked Americans uh, an open-ended question on their thoughts on the president, and the most common response has to do with his age, uh, how old he is in total president history. Is this White House have additional plans to demonstrate that he can continue to, you know, do the job at his advanced age and kind of allay some of those concerns? I mean, look, look, I appreciate the question. I get, I get it often, as you know, um, and what I would say, and I've said this many times, and many of my colleagues have said this. The president says this, if you watch him, if you've seen what he's done the last two years, this is a president has had a historic administration in just two years. If you look at the 13.5, more than 13.5 million jobs that he's been able to create, if you look at how he's been able to turn the economy around so that it works for middle class Americans, if you look at the Inflation Reduction Act and what it's going to do uh, to really help uh, to really help Americans as it re relates to health care, as it relates to uh, utility bills, if you think about the chips inside, I mean, this is a president who has done his who has taken historic actions and not just with Democrats on the Hill, but in a bipartisan way. Yeah, the um, he's historic. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, here's a guy, Joe Biden, um, talk about his age. The CNN just did a poll. And 75 percent, that includes Democratic, 75 percent Democratic voters want 
Uh, let me make sure I'm telling you exactly the way that went down. 75% of Democrat and Democrat-leaning voters want the party to nominate someone other than Joe Biden in 2024. Um. And that was taken before the Devin Archer testimony, which, by the way, that was devastating for Joe. Um, and uh, I'm reading a, a great article here. It's on foxnews.com by our good buddy and, and, our, and our recent guest, Jim Nels. And Jim's going to come back on the show. Uh, but he wrote a great article, Joe Biden's Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Month. And he does a great job of pointing out some of the things, not only that poll, but he does a great job of pointing out the various uh, snafus and faux pas that Joe Biden has made just in the month of August. Um, he, you know, he points out the inequalities in the administration. For instance, uh, the median salary for men on Joe Biden's staff is $105,000, while women who work for the president earn significantly less than a median salary of 84000 uh, You remember when Soldier of Fortune magazine reported that the uh, Secret Service knows who brought the now infamous bag of cocaine in the White House. Uh, they had three security sources. They said it's somebody in the Biden family orbit. It's not Hunter, uh, and the name is known by the president, the publication reported. Um, House Oversight Committee James Comer sent a request to the National Archives uh, looking for the unredacted emails and the documents from Joe Biden's time as vice president regarding Hunter Biden and Burisma. One email specifically referenced in Comer's request includes a conversation about a phone call with President Poroshenko referring to Petro Poroshenko, who was president of the Ukraine at the time. The email was sent, as we've discussed earlier, uh, to one Robert L. Peters, a name reported as an occasional pseudonym for then vice president and Hunter Biden was CC'd on the email. Um, Comer said, I believe that one reason that Hunter was CC'd on those emails where Joe Biden was using a fake name so Hunter could prove to the Ukrainian oligarch that help is on the way. We heard Devin Archer say that the owners of Burisma were squeezing Hunter Biden, saying we need help from Washington. Uh, it, it's a great article. Go read it. Foxnews.com. I don't read anything from Fox News. Shut up and go read it. It's Jim Nelson. It's great. It's great information. Um, <laughs> um, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, hey, on another note, I don't know if you guys saw it. I, we talked about this Oliver Anthony kid, you know, the, the kids singing there. And what is it in Virginia? is uh, Richmond, north of Richmond. Uh, you know, he came out the other day and he said, listen, stop calling me political. Stop making me political. I don't, I'm not on either side. I don't, I don't agree with either side. Um, I can tell him right now that that rhetoric will not exist because he'll get chewed up and spit out on that. You, you'll, you'll, they'll force you to pick a side, man. Um, you're going to have to come down on something. And, and I think the side's already been picked for you. Uh, there are people out there who say, well, you, you, you right when you're trying to use him for your message. It's like, no, I, we're not. We're talking about the phenomenon. I mean, and it is pretty phenomenal. Um, you know, Oliver Anthony, I think uh, one half of all music uh, is downloaded in the last week. I think across all genres, one half of all songs were Oliver Anthony. Um, that's impressive. Um, I'll pick a side for that kind of success. I, you call me Chad Krasenstein. I'll be on, I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll be on Twitter with uh, Harry and uh, Chris Mowry. Um, I'll be, I'll be riding with Biden, man, that kind of money. <laughs> I kid, but, uh, you know, he said, don't, don't, don't make me political. 
And uh, I don't know if you guys saw it. I don't know if this was last night or the night before, but down at Joe Rogan's Comedy Mothership, they did a little surprise guest spot, and uh, they brought Oliver Anthony out to, to sing his song. And uh, so good for him. I mean, you know, listen, I, I appreciate the, you know, I appreciate the attention he's getting. I appreciate the message and the heart. And and uh, again, you know, you go over here to Belmont University where they you can major in songwriting. Uh, ain't nobody graduating from that class writing songs with that kind of heart. You might write something that's a little more, you know, lyrically poetic or has a little more balance and style or something like that. But yeah, you ain't doing that. Um, <clears throat> you're just not going to do it. So. Yeah, I appreciate appreciate what's happening for that kid. Um, I will tell you the uh, the big boob the big boob teacher. You remember that story? Um, the the one the transvestite teacher with the gargantuan fake boobs uh, is back. Uh, came back to the classroom. I love this. I love this blaze. Uh, dot com the blaze.com news story transvestite teacher with gargantuan fake breasts returns to classroom uh, his new school issues warning to parents not about him but about his critics um brandon can we can we uh, who wrote that joseph mckinnon yeah uh could the blaze give uh, give old joseph a, a raise for <laughs> just for that article right there yeah i mean that's a that's a just fantastic, using the word fantastic way to describe it gargantuan breasts gargantuan i mean that that guy's boobs get there 30 minutes before he does uh but of course that's ontario that's canada uh and you saw last year it became a, an internet sensation where he just he just put those big fake boobs on and walked around and i think he was if you know it came down he was trying to make a point they put him on paid leave back in march uh but he's back and uh uh carrie lemieux who calls himself kayla <laughs> is that a new school oh my god um another reason why folks i'm just telling you whether the guy's doing a stunt or making a point or whatever get your kids out of public schools <laughs> i mean they don't have to be subject to that kind of nonsense okay uh but they but they issued a warning uh the new school there in hamilton ontario ontario uh is issued a warning to the parents not that a controversial male teacher will be confronting their children with his cartoonishly pronounced nipples but that his presence may trigger disruptions and protests um so yeah it's just a matter of what do you want your kids uh <laughs> Do you want your kids being exposed to, um, you know, gigantomastia, which uh, which is which is breast hyper? Yeah, that's big, big tits. That's what it is. That's a fancy way of saying you got big giant, but big old jugs. Um, so there you go. Uh, he's back. And uh, that ought to be fun. Could we get somebody from Hamilton, Ontario, to give us a report from their kid, please, uh, about whether or not he's still wearing the jugs? Um, these are kind of things that I really want to follow up on. Uh, these are the stories that matter. I don't know if you guys know this or not. Um, the courts uh, will uh, not define a woman. Judge throws out women's lawsuit despite man living in their sorority house. We talked about this story a long while back of how the sorority, uh, they, they had a guy join a biological male there in Wyoming. Um, and uh, said that the sorority's rules, they just simply didn't define what a woman is but said the court should not interfere with their freedom of association. So seven female students, University of Wyoming, they filed that lawsuit. Kappa Kappa Gamma. 
uh, after a man was able to join the all-female group, even lived in the sorority house. Oh, boy. Uh, while you're pulling your kids out of public schools, pull them out of college, too. Uh, you're just funding bad ideology. And, uh, my God, if, if this is the way we're going to do things, here we are as a society. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Um, but now the sorority's bylaws. I mean, God forbid the bylaws happen to assume what a woman is. They just didn't go in and define what a woman is. Um, and so the court not going to define a woman. That's what the, that's what the judge said. The court, we're not going to do that for you. You didn't do it yourself. You didn't do your due diligence to define what a woman is there in your sorority. So we're tossing the case out. Hmm. You're all screwed. I mean, I'm telling you what. I'm going to go hide in my cabin and listen to Oliver Anthony music, and uh, I'll see you guys in the apocalypse. All right, hang tight. We'll be right back. All right. Uh, the uh, I'm ready to go home. I don't. I don't know if you guys know that or not. I've I've been out here. Um, we've been in Nashville. Been working our. I've been working my butt off out here with all this stuff all day and night, and. Uh, Honestly, it, it, it sucked because I haven't had much voice. And when you're in recording studio in the afternoons, I don't care all the stuff you can spray on it and stretch it out and do all that stuff. It's still a problem. So my work in Nashville is not done. I will have to return to do some stuff because there's certain things we just couldn't get done. Um, but uh, let's play a clip here because uh, you, you got to hear from Donald. You got to hear from him. Uh, play clip number one. Crooked Joe Biden is not only dumb and incompetent, <laughs> I believe that he has gone mad, a stark raving lunatic with his horrible and country threatening environmental open borders and DOJ FBI weaponization policies. He is a mental catastrophe that is leading our country to hell. We'll end up in World War III because of this man and for no reason whatsoever. Thank you. I love him so much. He's the best. He's just the best. Mental catastrophe. We'll end up in World War Three. <laughs> He's a mental catastrophe. That dude, I, bro. Oh. Like, I want to put that on a T-shirt. Joe Biden is a mental catastrophe. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, and then just put Donald Trump. You know, I, that's... <laughs> Send a message to Alexander. We got to put that on a shirt. Uh-huh. Joe Biden is a mental catastrophe. Um, and he says, and he'll lead us into World War Three for no reason whatsoever. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Um, I, listen, where's the lie? I mean, there's there's nothing that you could point to right there that says that he was inaccurate on that. I mean, that sounds like I wrote that speech for for Donald Trump. That sounds like I put that together on the teleprompter. Those are the kind of things I would say. So thank you, DJT, for saying that. Um, you know, um, I said yesterday, and it, it, some people took offense to it. And I don't, I don't care, but I'm, I'm, I'm right. I'm accurate. You know why? Because I'm always right. Um, that uh, the Trump. The Trump campaign strategy is just dismal. It's horrible. It's, it's a terrible, whatever they're doing, it's not good. But he just happens to have the popularity that he has. But otherwise, running a campaign, it is not a good strategy. Uh, and, of course, he's not only having to run a campaign, he's having to run a legal strategy, which in and of itself is a pain in the ass. Uh, play clip number eight real quick, please. 
If it was a normal person, honestly, Shannon, I could understand the concern. President Trump is not your average person. He's incredibly intelligent and he knows the ropes. He also knows the facts because he lived them. These are these are not complicated facts. Look at Fannie. It was a phone call, a phone call that's been around forever that he refers to as the perfect phone call. What is he going to have to be prepped for? The truth? You don't have to prep much when you've done nothing wrong. So that I'm not concerned with. These trial dates all also are going to move. It's unrealistic, it's theatrics, and no judge is going to say that you can be on two trials at once in two different states, because a lot of these overlap. They look at the start date of the trial, mm -hmm. but these are four to six week trials at the uh, least. Mm -hmm. So there's no way they're not going to overlap. I mean, they're going to have to go into October, November of next year, again, by design. But in terms of President Trump, the candidate, I have zero concerns. Okay. Well, there you go. And, you know, Glenn had uh, Trump on yesterday. And, of course, of course, Glenn Beck called Donald Trump the most persecuted man in American history. Um, uh, strong. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, when you, you heard what she said right there, when you've got multiple trials going on, they're trying to even overlap them. They're trying to put them in significant times in the campaign and the election, uh, trying to make those dates overlap, even with the with stuff going on with the with the campaign. Uh, and, and the U.S. election in 2024, um, it, 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 that's that's significant political persecution. They're doing those things on purpose. Uh, but, uh, you know, Glenn Askin says, you know, they're serious about putting you in prison. Uh, he says, can I I, I, I want to ask you, will you and can you run a campaign from a jail cell? And, of course, Trump said, well, I don't think that's ever happening. We have a great case. Um, and, then, of course, in the interview, he brought up the, the Mueller report and the, the Russian hoax. And uh, he said, you know, listen, we got the biggest lead we've ever had. Um, and, um, you know, the, the Tucker interviews, he says, that's what doesn't make sense to me. You know, he sits down with Tucker Carlson and has an interview while the GOP debate is going on. He gets 261 million views. So let me, let me ask you guys, just logically, let me ask you a question now. Again, we know from the 2020 election that Joe Biden is obviously the most popular president in the history of the world. 81 million votes. He's got more black votes than Barack Obama and Barack Obama was elected twice. So Joe Biden, I mean, he is the he is the man of the people. Right. Everybody loves Joe Biden and everybody hates Donald Trump. Nobody wants anything to do with Trump. Then, then tell me how it gets 261 million views. Tell me how after a mugshot, they raise $8 million. How is a picture of Trump taking a mugshot instantly iconic? Um, I mean, a mugshot is actually inflating your popularity. That's insane. Um, I mean, Trump has been doing well. I mean, he's leading Ron DeSantis by 50 points in the primary polls. Um, tell me if he is so unpopular, how this is happening. I mean, you got, you got street thugs out there getting, uh, getting tattoos now of Donald Trump's mugshot. You got, you got people, you got, you got people out there in the urban communities talking about, oh no, Trump's one of us now and getting him tattooed on their body. <laughs> Something doesn't add up is the point I'm trying to tell you. And Joe Biden can't get 12 people to a rally. I mean, I mean, look at what he's, he's going out there campaign, quote unquote, campaigning. I mean, he walks out to make a statement about, uh, you know, to the press there in Lake Tahoe and everybody's booing him. 
Nobody wants to show up to hear what Joe Biden's got to say. You're being bamboozled, people. The bottom line is you are being bamboozled. They are selling you a narrative. They are selling you a hook, line, and sinker bag of lies. And people out there in the general public are swallowing it. I told you yesterday, I can't find anybody out there that's wearing a riding with Biden t-shirt. The only people out there support Joe Biden are paid shills on Twitter. Those are the only people, the people who are actually paid to push him and to push that narrative. In fact, right now, they don't even talk about Joe Biden. You read the news articles, listen to the talking heads on mainstream media. They don't talk about what Joe Biden is doing. They never do that. They talk about the Biden administration because they know that Joe Biden is a puppet and a figurehead. It's the administration. And they know that whether Joe Biden is living or breathing, he would do the same job he's doing right now if he were doing it from a coffin. That's the point, okay? That's the point. Choose to believe it because that's the truth. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, head over to where podcasts are offered. Leave us a rating and a review. Five stars is what we deserve. And uh, tell us something. Tell us your opinion and uh, help boost us up in the podcast rankings in our category. Be sure to subscribe to Blaze, blazetv.com slash chat. Use promo code chat. Come see me on the road. We got uh, five shows in three nights in Kansas City on the 14th, 15th, and 16th at the Kansas City Comedy Club. And then also, I will be uh, Wyoming and South Dakota. And we're going to be traipsing across the country. Granbury, Texas, bunch of other stuff's coming up so uh looney ben up in tulsa oklahoma's coming we got we got a lot of stuff going on so go over to watchchad.com that is uh, where all the fun stuff is do a little shopping 76 forever.com check out the new stuff at realwomensclub.com.com.com.com all the stuff's out there uh go check it out we love free market capitalism and i appreciate your support and uh thank you thank you for being a part of the chad prather show and uh, thanks to everybody back home as well as here in nashville tomorrow is thursday we will get off the rails we love you god bless you Bye.